Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Foothills, how we doing? Good, good. Hey, can we say a welcome to our Pendleton campus and those joining us online? Uh, recently, my buddy Elry got a Tesla, and he, uh, he, he was here at church one Sunday and said, hey, would you like the opportunity to drive it after church? I was like, absolutely. I was really curious. I've been really curious about Teslas. I don't know how many of you have, have had the opportunity to drive one, but I, I, I've been really curious. Like, I wonder what that is going to be like, and it wasn't quite like I thought once I got it. It was 10 times better than I thought. It was 10 times, I, we, we, went, we went out on Highway 11 and kind of the open road. And, you know, he's, he's basically, you know, working me through, it, the, the functions are a little wild. It's kind of like a golf cart, okay? Like when you come off, off of the accelerator, because it's not really the gas, when you come off, it kind of, you know, it jerks and, and stops. So kind of getting used to that. And I'm pretty cautious. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, and he's like, dude, no, you, you got to feel what this thing can do. And so he's like telling me to, you know, hit the accelerator. And I'm like, you know, just tap, 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 tap you know, I'm like a little nervous. But then he, then he shows me, he says, there's, there's two modes. There's the regular mode, and then he kicks it into sport mode. And then, uh, again, he's telling me to, to, to push it, and I'm like, dude, and he's like, no, Kevin, kick it, kick it, like literally kick it. So I just kick it, and I mean, when I kick it, no laws were broken, but we flew, I mean, the seats go back. It is nuts, and I mean, everything is under control, and then I immediately stop kicking it. It was like, dude, this thing is awesome. And he's been trying to talk me into buying one. He's like, you really, you got to check it out. They're not as expensive as everybody's saying they are. And we're, we've been in the market for a new vehicle. I have a Toyota 4Runner that's been like my, my pride and joy vehicle for the last 10 years, but it's over 300,000 miles. But my wife won this uh, debate because we're about to have child number three. So we did go test drive minivans. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was like the next week and I'm asking the sales guy I'm like hey do you mind if I kick it <laughs> and I, just, I just want to feel what it's like and there was times that I would go uh, without Katie like there was times we were together but there was times that I was just going to test drive and every time I'm like yeah I was just curious about your minivans you know they always start with oh you got a growing family and I just wanted to be like why would you assume that why would you, you don't have other men in their 30s just coming out to check out minivans? I mean, this is, this is what this is about. We've been going through this series, Dead Weight. Today, we're going to talk about the dead weight of jealousy. We're going to talk about the dead weight of jealousy. King Saul had these dead weights. We looked at insecurity. We looked at his struggle with people pleasing. We looked at his struggle with impatience. But this week, we're going to see there's this young leader that's up and coming, David. And when he starts to see how people compare him to David, he starts to realize maybe the influence that he doesn't have, that he once had, or, or how he is relative to another person. He starts to be filled with this jealousy, and this struggle of jealousy, it haunted King Saul from the moment that we're about to read through the rest of his life. I mean, it haunted him. If you got your Bibles, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. It's gonna be on the screen. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. 
So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said, they credit David with 10,000s and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. See, Saul, who he was and what he had accomplished hadn't really changed. I mean, he had accomplished a lot. He had killed his thousands. It was when it was relative to someone who was a step ahead of him that he started to be filled with jealousy. And so I kind of want to put like a blanket definition on what jealousy is for you and I. Jealousy is when someone else's happiness, progress, or success makes me sad. I feel jealous when someone else is getting happiness or they're getting ahead and it causes me to feel sad. Jealousy is what Saul felt. He saw what was happening with David and that success that was going on and it caused him to feel uncomfortable in the position that he was in. And jealousy, it's a serious struggle. Again, it haunted Saul from this moment forward through the rest of his life. But jealousy is so serious that God listed it as one of the 10 commandments. We referred to it as thou shalt not covet. You shouldn't covet your neighbor. So we're gonna take covet, envy, jealousy. We're just gonna put it in a soup as, as one thing together. There's like little, little differences in those words, but we're throwing all of that together. God took it so seriously that this is in the same lineup of struggles that he calls sin, like murder and adultery. And then in that same list is coveting because God knows that it will ruin your life that if you are filled with jealousy, it will ruin your life. And it ruined Saul's life when he became jealous of David. And the sad thing is, when you look at, at sin in general, jealousy to me is, is, is so interesting because jealousy has zero payoff. All other sin sins to have some type of payoff. I wanted to throw up the seven deadly sins that, that we can pull from scripture. I mean, you look at this list. Again, envy's down there, so that's part of jealousy. But you look at this list, any of these struggles have some type of short-term payoff if you choose to give in to that sin or struggle. Jealousy is miserable from the very start. Like jealousy makes you miserable right now and it keeps you miserable. There's no payoff. It's absolutely crazy. This is what it says in Proverbs. Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. Jealousy is even more dangerous. I wanna look at three reasons that jealousy is so dangerous for your life and my life. I wanna look at three reasons why jealousy is so dangerous. Number one is this. Jealousy is looking for you. Jealousy is looking for you. You don't have to go out trying to run into jealousy. You don't have to go out hunting for feelings of jealousy. It is hunting you down. Think, think about, just think about the way that our world has been influenced with social media. Like think about it. Like our engagement in social media 
that at times in your life when you're just having a bad day or you're feeling low about yourself or things aren't well, you can at any point open up social media and see everybody else's highlight reel of their happiness, their success, and then you start comparing your life to theirs. You didn't know your vacation was that lame until you saw the vacation that your friends took. You didn't realize it. You didn't realize that the minivan wasn't that great until you saw we got a Tesla, all right? You, you didn't realize these things. You didn't realize that your relationship is the only one that struggles because everybody else seems to have a perfect relationship by what you see online when you're looking at these things. I didn't know drywall wasn't enough till I saw everybody's got shiplap on social media. I mean, it's, it's all there. And listen, jealousy is not just like present in social media. This is the way marketing and ad agencies, they play into the feeling of jealousy to get you to lean in to say, hey, you deserve something you don't have. You deserve something you can't afford. And it causes us to lean in. This is a strategy. Jealousy's looking for you. You don't have to go looking for it. In the book of Genesis, there's these two brothers, Cain and Abel. And in their story, Cain becomes jealous of Abel's relationship with God, his status with God. There's a, there's a sacrifice that is made and, 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 and God finds Abel's to be acceptable. And so Cain looks at his status with God and he becomes jealous of his brother. And God goes and gives counsel to Cain to be careful, to be careful because jealousy, it will lead him to other mistakes and decisions. Check this out. This is Genesis 4, 6 and 7. God said, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Jealousy, it's crouching at the door. It's crouching at the door, and it doesn't just wanna show up, it wants to control you. It wants to control you, which is exactly what happened with Saul. It's the second thing that makes jealousy so dangerous. Number two, jealousy demands your attention. Jealousy demands your attention. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 18. After this song has, has been sang, it says, from that time on, Saul kept a close eye. Other translations say a watchful eye, a jealous eye, kept a close eye on David. It says the next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. Saul became obsessed, obsessed with keeping David down in comparison to where he was. And what's crazy is David was never trying to compete with Saul. If you read throughout this story, David actually honored King Saul. He honored him as being God's anointed, positioned king for Israel. David didn't want any beef. David wasn't trying to, to rack up his, his stats and things so that he could make Saul look bad. He was looking to serve Saul as his king and, and serve the kingdom. But this jealousy, it literally, it ruled Saul to where Saul's keeping a close eye. And then, and then that verse, I don't want you to get hung up on that idea that this evil spirit, it says, came down from God. Let me just kind of, let me kind of break that down in layman's terms. Here's what that means. Part of God's just loving nature 
is that he loves you enough to allow you to choose the direction you wanna go in your life. You can choose any direction. You can choose sin or you can choose his path. And when you are willingly choosing the direction of sin, what the scriptures say, you could go read this in Romans 1, part of what makes God just is he allows you to receive the fullness of that direction in your life and in your choice. So, so in layman's terms, kind of what this means is Saul is choosing this direction and the, in the spiritual battle of what that means, God's saying, okay, that's the choice that you're making. This is going to rule your life. It's going to rule your life because you are making this choice. Jealousy, it demands your attention. And from this moment forward, if you read the rest of the book of 1 Samuel, you're gonna see Saul go crazy because you're gonna see him on this crazy hunt where he is obsessed with trying to put David down. I'm, I'm just gonna kind of read through. We're gonna fly over the rest of the book of 1 Samuel with some of these bullet points that are on the screen. In this very chapter, right after we're reading, the first thing is Saul tries to kill David with a spear. There's this moment, David's playing the harp for him like David had done so many times and Saul is wanting to end this moment. He wants to put David down so that his kingdom, his position, it's no longer threatened. He tries to kill him with a spear. Then, later on in the same chapter, he sends David into battle with the Philistines hoping that David would die in battle. Then, in the next chapter, Saul tries to get his son Jonathan involved in helping him out. Now Jonathan is David's best friend. Like these two become, they, they become a tight pack, a really tight friendship. We'll look a little bit more at Jonathan in a minute. But Saul tries to get his own son Jonathan involved and gets Jonathan, he wants Jonathan to kill David, which starts to create a rift in their relationship. Then he tries to kill David again with the spear later in chapter 19. This is all just in two chapters here, that this is just kind of building and building. Next, Saul sends his servant to kill David at his home. They try to trap him and kill him there. Then Saul gets so fed up and he realizes that Jonathan is, is being a friend to David that he tries to kill his own son, Jonathan. I mean, this is like owning him. This is owning him that he's, he's willing to kill his own son. Then he kills a group of priests that are at a cave because he gets there and he thinks that they've helped David. And so he's so filled with jealousy that he kills this group of priests. Then he tries to trap David and Kyla in 1 Samuel 23. And then he's on this hunt, trying to hunt David down in the wilderness. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Are you exhausted listening to this list? This owned his life. And by the way, I said it a moment ago, David was not in competition with Saul. This was a one-man competition, a one-way competition. David wasn't trying to do things to get Saul riled up. He wasn't trying to battle him. This is Saul just being overwhelmingly controlled by this dead weight, this struggle of jealousy. Two kings later, there was King Saul, then David would become king later after Saul dies. And then David had a son named Solomon. King Solomon wrote some of the wisest books that, that we can read in scripture, Proverbs and, and Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes, he talks about the craziness of this journey of pursuing the end of jealousy. Look at Ecclesiastes 4.4. It says, then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, and I love this phrase, it's like chasing the wind. 
like chasing the wind. There's no end to this journey. You're not gonna catch it. It's a continual pursuit. And Saul would chase the wind of this jealousy for the remainder of his life. And along the way, the third thing that makes jealousy so dangerous in your life and in my life is this. Jealousy will ruin your relationships. Jealousy will ruin your relationships. Saul's struggle of this dead weight of jealousy, it ruined his relationships with his kids, with Jonathan and his other sons. He had a daughter named McCall that was married to David. He tried to get her involved in all of this. It ruined his relationship with his kids, and he was so ruled by this struggle with jealousy that he was willing for his relationship with his kids to be ruined in this process. It ruined his relationship with, with the priests. Like he killed this group of priests in this journey because it led him to do crazy things. Like jealousy, it leads you, it demands your attention, leads you on this journey towards crazy things. He's willing to kill a group that's really innocent in all of this. By the way, I mentioned Cain and Abel earlier. You know, Cain didn't take this warning seriously from God. And the story would go that he would be ruled by this to the point that he ended up killing his own brother. It ruined his relationship with his brother. With King Saul, it ruined his relationship with so many of his military. Because what Saul did is he created a dividing line between himself and David. Again, not one that David was trying to create, but it, it, it caused David to say, hey, I've got to run for my life. And when David ran for his life, there were some that wanted to follow him, that, that saw the anointing on his life. They saw him living with humility. They saw the kindness, with, and they, they, they believed in, in him. They, they followed his influence. And David wasn't trying to build a, a rebel army but this group goes with him and what Saul's jealousy did is it put, it put the military into a couple of camps where they're having to decide. Again, David's not trying to do that, Saul's doing that. It's ruining his relationships there. And it ruined his relationship with David. You know, David, when, when they first start a relationship, David's there and he's playing the harp for King Saul. He's there to serve him and, and to help him. And David is also the one that, that bailed Saul and all of the Israelite army out when the giant Goliath showed up and everybody was afraid. David's the one that leaned on God's strength and, and he bailed out King Saul and he wasn't trying to overtake King Saul. He was there to serve his nation and to believe God's protection for his nation. David wanted to team up with King Saul. He wanted a strong army. He wanted a strong protection system for their nation, but King Saul was not willing to do that because David's influence was growing and his stats seemed higher. That jealousy was ruling him. And this jealousy, it would rule him all the way to the end of 1 Samuel. You see in a battle where King Saul is killed. And in that same battle, three of his sons are killed as well, including Jonathan. And I can't help but wonder I can't help but wonder if things would have been different in that battle if Saul had not ruined his relationship with David. David was his strongest military leader. David was his strongest warrior. 
And David had men that were with him. What, what could have been different if they were teamed up and they were looking at this instead of, instead of looking at, man, now that they're saying David's killed his 10,000s, I've only killed my thousands. What if it's like, well, together look at what we've done. And then we start adding in the others that are, that are a part of this army. Look at what God is doing through all of us together, collective, combined. But Saul wasn't willing to see it that way. Because he was ruled by this struggle of jealousy. And it ruined, it ruined his relationships. Look at this. Look at what it says in the book of James. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Jealousy creates battles that don't need to exist. It creates a divide in relationships that shouldn't be there. And it will ruin, it will ruin your relationships. Now, earlier I, I said that jealousy is when someone else's happiness makes me feel sadness. Like that's, that's the start of that route. And there may be, maybe you've, you've figured out ways or tools in your life, we're gonna look at a, a few in a moment, where you aren't feeling that right now. But I wanna kinda invert that thought for a second to, to show you um, to show you where jealousy may still exist in your life, whether you realize it or not. Jealousy is rooted in this idea that you deserve something you don't have. Like King Saul is looking at this saying, David doesn't deserve for them to sing about how much more he's done. That, that's, I'm the king. Like I deserve that type of honor. He's, he's kind of ruled with that with that root feeling of I deserve something. And so what can happen in the inverse for you to see that these roots still exist in you and me, it's something that honestly, like I, I feel sometimes in my life, I, I bet you do. It's kind of one of these things that I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed that happens in me. And it's this struggle where when someone else makes a mistake or fails, there's something in me that gets really interested in that. Like there's something in me that kind of leans in. I, I want... I want more of the story. I mean, and it's like, it's in basic things. I mean, uh, how many of you like Sports Center not top 10? <laughs> I, I like the not top 10. I like to see the wipeouts and, and things like that. But there's this thing in me when people that are in successful positions that are further ahead than me, that I feel maybe they don't deserve that, or especially I look at their life and I'm like, man, it, it doesn't work. And when they, when they fall, there's something in me that gets interesting, interested in that. And so the inverse of this is when someone else's sadness makes you feel some type of happiness, that's the same root. That's the same root and same struggle. And, and I, know that you, uh, I know that you feel this at times because of how many of you have asked me about how I feel after Coach Saban retired, and you do it with a smile on your face. So I know this exists. But it's when we, it's when we kind of lean in, we're okay with the idea of someone falling or failing, and then we kind of just leave them out there. And guys, this is part of ruining the relationship too. This is not what Jesus did. Jesus looked to people that fell, that failed, that blew it, and he leaned in. He leaned in. When Peter completely blew it and denied him, Jesus moved towards Peter and wanted to restore their relationship. 
He moved towards these people. When we have something that's rooted in us, that says, well, I deserve more and they don't deserve this, we isolate ourselves from other relationships. And this is what jealousy does. It will isolate you from other people and it will isolate you from God because you start to miss. You start to miss how much he's already done for you and given you that you didn't deserve in the first place. So that kind of leads us to the question, how do we overcome jealousy? How do we overcome jealousy in our life? Because Jesus wants you to overcome sin. Like he does not want you to be ruled by jealousy. He doesn't want this struggle to remain in your life. And if it's dangerous because it's looking for you, if it's dangerous because it demands your attention, if it's dangerous because it wants to ruin your relationships, how, how do we overcome this struggle? Well, earlier I mentioned, we're gonna look a little bit more at Jonathan in this story. In the story of David and, and King Saul's kingship, when all of this is going on and King Saul is filled with jealousy, Jonathan, who was Saul's son, he was the one who actually had way more reason to be jealous of David than King Saul did. See, King Saul had already had success. He had had the kingship, but because of his mistakes, he forfeited the royal line continuing in his family. So Jonathan, who is his son, who would be the heir apparent to become king, no longer gets that privilege. And, as, and Jonathan, trust me, Jonathan had some successful battles as well. He was a successful warrior as well. There was a time that Jonathan went and he attacked 20 Philistines on his own. Like he had a guy with him and he, won, he was scouting them out, attacked and killed them on his own. This guy, this guy was bad to the bone. He was strong. And so when David's, when David's influence starts to grow, it would make so much sense for Jonathan to be jealous of David because Jonathan was the one that had way more to lose. But instead of being jealous, I want to look at the way that Jonathan greets David after David has killed Goliath, right as David's popularity and influence is, is ascending. Check this out. 1 Samuel 18, one through four. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son, and there was an immediate bond between them. For Jonathan loved David from that day on. Saul kept David with him, wouldn't let him return home, and Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and, and giving it to David together with his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt, and those items are so, um, they're so symbolic because what he was doing is he was surrendering his position in the royal line over to David, and like by giving him his sword, this is like a posture of him kneeling down and saying, hey, this is yours. This is yours to take. And, and I'm gonna honor this position that you are headed into. And really what he was doing is he was trusting God and, and honoring God in the process. But Jonathan had all the reason to be jealous. And instead, instead, he leans in towards David. There's a, there's a couple of things I wanna look at. How do we overcome jealousy? First, we've gotta celebrate others' blessings. We've got to celebrate others' blessings. God was blessing David and Jonathan by stepping over and handing this over. What he's doing, he's honoring, he's celebrating him in this process. 
When we celebrate the way that God is blessing others, that is a way for us to fight back against the feelings of jealousy that are trying to to rule our hearts, rule our minds, and, and rule our lives. And so I want to encourage you. Like, the next time that someone in your life gets that promotion that you wanted or that you felt like someone else that you know deserved or like when they get that promotion, here's how you can fight that feeling of jealousy. Man, shoot them a text. Shoot them a text. Even if you don't feel like it for a moment, just to, just to lean in and say, I'm gonna fight this urge right now to feel like I deserve what they got. I'm gonna shoot them a text. Hey, I just wanted to say congrats. I mean, I'm so excited for you. The next time that you see someone's vacation pictures and you feel all jealous about it and you feel like, wow, they totally didn't deserve that, choose, choose, to, choose to reach out and say, hey, can we get together? I wanna hear all about your vacation. Choose to, choose to lean in and be inspired by what they share instead of being jealous. Choose to celebrate, live vicariously through them. Like, tell me all about it. I wanna hear all about it. I, I, wanna, I wanna celebrate that you got to be a part of that. The next time that you see somebody buy a house that you'll never be able to afford, and you're like, what? Like, we're the same age. How did this happen? What's going on? Instead of being filled with jealousy, you reach out. Hey, I'm so excited you got that house. I expect you to steward that blessing from God and have me over for dinner. It's going to be awesome. It's <laughs> the way this is going to go. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Enjoy what God is doing in their life. Celebrate. This is how you fight back against that urge. You fight back. And guess what? It's a lot more fun. It is a lot more fun to celebrate with others because then you're getting to be a part of the joy of it and the excitement of it. Remember, jealousy has no payoff. It's just miserable. Why choose miserable? Lean in the other direction. Celebrate. Celebrate the blessings that are happening for others. When you choose to celebrate, it's going to kill that feeling of jealousy in your life. And it will also cause you to look at what you have and be grateful which is the second way to overcome jealousy. Celebrate others' blessings and count your blessings. Count your blessings. Jonathan, he was counting his blessing in his friendship with David. He was counting what God was allowing him to be a part of. Saul did the opposite. Saul was counting David's blessings of killing the 10,000s. And it made him unhappy about the blessings of what he had accomplished. He was counting the wrong blessings. He could have been counting and saying, but I still have had the opportunity to do the things that God has allowed me to do. He was counting someone else's blessings instead of counting his own blessings. He was comparing himself to someone else, which wasn't doing himself any good. I like this quote from Jordan Peterson that says, Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Compare yourself to, to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Hmm. So I wanna encourage you, what is the blessing in your life that you should be leaning in on and focusing to count and be grateful for? Like instead of complaining about that job that you have right now, what if you flipped the script and you started to count it as a blessing that you had a job? And, and what if in doing that you became less miserable about your job? Especially if it's already a hard job. 
Why complain about it and feel jealous of what someone else has to just stay in that cycle of misery? Why not count it as a blessing? And ask God to show you where you're missing the blessing inside of it, to enjoy aspects of it. Instead of looking at what others have as far as possessions, if they got a better car or a cooler car or a bigger house, instead of looking at it, look at what God's given you. Soak it in. I love my minivan, I'm just telling you. It's also, I do the, I ride like this. I gotta, gotta keep it, keep it cool. No, the, but if I count the blessing, I receive the blessing inside of it, you know? Like, okay, I don't have a Tesla. You know what? Man, I got a third beautiful child on the way. Thank you, God. Oh, it's him. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the reason that this is what we shopped for and bought. What a blessing. What a blessing. Man, guys, jealousy's look at, it's crouching at the door. It wants to rob you of all of these blessings that God has put in your life. It wants you to be so focused on you feeling like you deserve more. And it's what happened to King Saul. He was so filled with pride. Honestly, the under, undercurrent of all the dead weight we've talked about, his insecurity, his desire to people please, his struggle with impatience, and this jealousy, it was all rooted in pride. He felt like he was, he was better and bigger than God, and he, did, he deserved more. And so he missed, he missed what God was wanting for his life, what God was willing to do, and it'll happen for you and me as well, listen. If you want to focus on what you deserve, I want you to step back and focus on what you deserve because of your sin in your life. Because if you'll focus on that, you will see that God not only didn't give you what you deserve, but he took what you deserve on himself on the cross. He took the punishment for what you deserve to give you an opportunity to be freely forgiven for eternity, to spend eternity in a place that you didn't deserve. And when you can see things through that lens, with that gratitude of that blessing, it doesn't matter what anybody else in this world has. Because you can find contentment in the fact that Jesus loves you. And he's given you far beyond anything you could ever deserve. So here's what I wanna, I wanna pray together, okay? At all of our campuses, I wanna pray together at this moment. And while I pray, I'm gonna pray this, these two verses from Psalm 103. This is gonna be the prayer. This is gonna be the prayer. And I, want, I wanna encourage you, as I read it, would you make this your prayer this morning? Would you make this your prayer? Would you pray with me? Psalm 103, this is our prayer. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. I want to read it again. Make this your prayer. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. Jesus, we want to count our blessings this morning. You are awesome and we love you. And I just, I pray over every single person here in Pendleton online right now where we have, where we have given in to this struggle of jealousy and we've allowed, we've allowed that struggle to lead us to misery. 
I just pray that we would break free from that today. I pray, I pray that we would count the blessings that are there and we'd celebrate the other blessings that are happening for others around us, that we would fight back against this by the power of your Holy Spirit with us. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you didn't give us the punishment we deserve for our sin, that you took that on yourself and that you gave us a grace and an eternity and an identity as a son or a daughter of the one true God. You gave that to us even though we didn't deserve it. We thank you for that. And if you're here today and you have not received that free gift of salvation, make today the day. Make today the day that you receive what you don't deserve because Jesus loved you enough to do it. You could pray a prayer like this, Jesus, I need a savior. I'm a sinner. And I believe that you came down here and you took the punishment I deserve on the cross. I believe you died for my sins. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. So today I ask you to save me so that I can be adopted into the family of God. It's in your great and mighty name we pray, Jesus, amen.